0: Good morning. Hey, I'm super excited and super glad to be here with you in this new year as we kick off our campaign called The Story. I hope you are, and, and I really believe that you will gain a lot if you commit to this, if you uh, are part of it. Even if it's your first time here, maybe you haven't been in church in a long time, or maybe you've never been to church at all, this is the best possible time you could have come to church Because we're going on a journey to learn God's word together. Because let's be honest, reading the Bible is hard, isn't it? It's difficult. It's hard to understand. And I bet some of us, if we were honest, we would say, I really don't have a clue what's even in there. Anybody? Yeah, I've been right there with you before. You're not alone. And a lot of times in church, we don't want to admit that we don't know. But this is the place to admit you don't know, so you can what? How about that? A church is a place that we can grow and learn together, not the place that everybody who knows everything comes. And that's why we're here, to grow together. And so our goal, my goal, our goal as a church for this is we don't want you to be scared by the scriptures, we don't want you to be intimidated by them, we want you to know that all of us have questions, all of us, well none of us know it all, And so we want to go on a journey together. Starting this week, we're all going to read a chapter together. And by the end of this, 31 weeks, which is a lot. But how many of you made New Year's resolutions? Yeah, you never keep them, do you? That's why you make the same one every year. And so we're not asking you to do this for 52 weeks, but about half of the year, 31 weeks, okay? So if you can just stick with it for about 31 weeks, You would have gone through the majority of the Bible. We will go through the majority of the Bible together. Because I really, really believe that God's word, the scriptures, would change your life. I believe it because it changed mine. You see, growing up, I was in and out of church. I didn't really go to church when I was a middle schooler or a high schooler because the church didn't understand me. I didn't understand them. And they seemed weird. They thought I was weird. So we just had this mutual understanding we weren't going to hang out. So I didn't go. I went when I was really young, but I had a very hard time in church. When I was about 16 or 17, my mom said, you know, by then I just completely rebelled and just wasn't going. And she said, hey, will you come to church? Our church is starting a temporary service. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know what a contemporary service is, and I don't, I don't care. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to go at all. And she was like, no, no, they have a new younger preacher who's preaching at this contemporary service. Why don't you come and learn? And I was like, no, I, I don't want to go, but she controlled the car keys. So I got spiritual pretty quick. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go and, and I'll check it out. And to my amazement, you know, the contemporary stuff, I didn't know what that was. It was an acoustic guitar, okay, that was contemporary. I didn't, I didn't have a clue what any of that was. It didn't concern me, but what I do remember is it was the first time in my life I'd ever understood a preacher, it was the first time in my life someone spoke in a way that I actually understood. Because if I were to be honest, every other time I went to church, I checked out. You ever been there? Yeah. I was like, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. And evidently, it's not for me because I don't understand it. And so it was the first of my life I wanted to learn more about the scriptures. And check this out. I didn't just learn about them. I read them. And when I read them, I did something really crazy. Don't try this at home. Listen. I tried to follow them. Can you believe that? Learning it, reading it, and trying to actually do it. Wouldn't that blow your mind if yet we, y'all already do that? Okay, this was my story, not yours. <laughs> it changed my life, and I've seen so many people changed by God's word. I remember Anthony, it's my favorite story to tell. If I've told it, I'm telling you again. I remember I saw Anthony at the car wash. He came to get his car detailed. And we started talking. We started talking about beliefs. His car was getting detailed. We went to Starbucks. And he started telling me what he believed. And he believed the craziest stuff. He believed a whole bunch of different religious systems. And I'm in seminary, so pff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to school him. Like, I, I know. And so I started talking to him about it and probably arguing a little bit. By the way, I've never argued anyone to the faith. It actually doesn't work. If, you, if that's who you are, it doesn't, doesn't work. But we talked about it. I tried to help him, and it just, it just wasn't there. So I said, here, Anthony, here's what we're doing. I'm starting a Bible study at my house. I'd love for you to come. And he's like, I'll think about it. What does that mean? No, exactly, it means no. But he said, I'll think about it. And so he thought about it. He didn't come. A couple weeks later, I saw him at a gas station near my house. I said, Anthony, did you think about it? He said, yeah, well, I've been busy. I was like, that's okay. Hey, it's right down the road. And so after persistency, after phone calls, I said, listen, Anthony, you don't have to believe. You don't have to know. Just come listen. You ever gain people permission not to believe and not to understand, but just come and listen? You do if you believe in the power of God's word. And so Anthony came to the house, and he just listened. I gave him his first bible and he sat there as we studied the gospel of mark he came a second week and listened some more came a third week started asking some questions came a fourth week and then i'll never forget the phone call i got in the middle of the week he said brian i'm ready to give my life to jesus christ i rushed over said yes i gotta go she said i understand rushed over to Anthony's house, we started talking. And wouldn't you know, I didn't have to lead Anthony through a prayer because the Holy Spirit had been pulling on him. He said the most beautiful prayer I've probably ever heard by giving his life to the Lord that day because he knew what his heart was. He gave his life to the Lord and something really, really weird started happening. He started coming back and he started reading the Bible out loud. He started praying out loud. I'm I'm not joking. Like this is going to be strange. No, he started praying out loud. What got really weird is he started telling us, this is within a couple of weeks, who he's sharing his faith with. Listen, Anthony was a tow truck driver. He had people trapped (laughs) and he used it. So they'd be stuck on the side road. He'd be like, hey, so where do y'all go to church? He'd start talking to them about Jesus and where are they going to go? And I said, Anthony, you you could get fired. He's like, yeah, no, it's all right. Because he's very friendly, very charismatic. And he would start telling them about Jesus. He was praying, he was reading, he was sharing his faith. And do you know what I thought? This is the truth. I thought the worst thing I can do is take him to church. Do you know why? He didn't know you were supposed to be afraid to share your faith. He didn't know that only super Christians prayed. He didn't know that it was okay to ask questions. He just assumed that when you got together, you were supposed to do that. And so instead of being scared and nervous, Anthony surrounded himself with people who were trying to live it out, and he just actually did it. And I was like, if he went to church, he wouldn't know what to do. He'd get around a lot of Christians and say, what do you mean you're not doing it? Isn't that what the scriptures say? He didn't know any different. You see, we're not supposed to just memorize the Bible. We're not supposed to just know where to find scriptures. We're supposed to actually do it. And when we understand it and we live it out, something amazing will happen in your life. I absolutely guarantee it because God will never ever fail us. And so that's why we're doing the story. The whole point of this is a story so you can learn the scriptures. So you can understand the scriptures. Here's a little thing about it. It says, the story is an abridged chronological Bible that reads like a novel. There are no verse references. The scripture's segments are seamlessly woven together with transition text into a single grand narrative. For those intimidated or overwhelmed by unabridged Bible, the story helps people understand God's word more fully and engage with it more easily. And so everything in here is the scriptures. It takes out some of the names, who begot who, and it'll just kind of reference it in italicized text. But everything you read in here is actually the NIV text of the Bible. And and what we're gonna learn from this, we'll touch on it some weeks, other weeks in your Sunday school they will too, we'll see this idea of the upper story. We're gonna see God's sovereign love and control over the world, but then we're gonna see the lower stories. We're gonna see the individual people and how their story fits into God's overarching story because one thing I hope that we gain from this is it's not all about us, but it's about God. God is moving throughout history. It's not that we show up and it's about us and we try to fit God into our lives. The idea is that God's been alive and active and moving in this world for thousands of years, and he's still moving, and we have a short little part to play. That's the lower story, and when we read the scriptures, we get to see all sorts of people who are a complete mess whose lives make yours look like Mother Teresa. And you're gonna be like, I don't understand how God can use them. And we're gonna have to really think about grace and we're really gonna have to think about some of our core beliefs because the scriptures don't hold back. If you think your life's a mess, wait till you get into the Bible. You ever killed someone? Great heroes of the Bible have. It's crazy. Adulterers, all sorts of things, all sorts of people God uses and the good thing from us is we can learn from these heroes of the Bible. We can see the things that God doesn't honor. We can see the things that God does bless. And if we were wise, we would do what? Yeah, follow the ones whose lives were blessed by God and go, hey, I don't, I don't want to live. Wow, look what God did. I'm not interested in doing that. We get to learn from people who still are talked about thousands of years later. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. And so... We want you to engage with it. We want you to be a part of it. We want you to understand God's redemptive plan. But I need to stress this, and I know I just said it, but this is so important understanding me, this study, and this ministry. I have no interest in you just memorizing more Bible. I have no interest in you being able to point to it. I have no interest in you just being able to repeat it. I want you to experience God through the scriptures. That's the goal. I want you to know him and learn about him. I don't want you to beat everybody at trivia. Y'all ever play Bible trivia? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to lose, right? That's embarrassing. I'm a pastor. (laughs) Just knowing the Bible will not change your life. And you know this because some of the meanest people you've ever met, you met them at church and they knew more Bible than anybody else, didn't they? You're laughing. But it's true. Knowing the Bible does not change your life according to Jesus. Look at what he says, Matthew seven twenty four. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, Jesus just got finished teaching that, that big thing called the Sermon on the Mound that even if you're not familiar with the scripture, you've heard this referenced. He taught them about morals, ethics. He taught them what it would look like if someone lived a life that was completely sold out for him. He equated hate with murder, lust with adultery. He told people to get the, the little speck, uh, the board out of their eye before they help people get the speck out of their eye. I mean, he said some crazy things. Basically, he had everybody nervous and scared. He's like, if this is what we got to do, this is nuts. He told them to love their enemies. He even said this. Look at this, Matthew 5, 17. He said, do not think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but fulfill them. Which is really strange. Like, what do you mean? Here's what we're going to learn throughout the Old Testament. He's saying that, hey, what happens to the Old Testament? He's not doing away with it. But he's fulfilling it, and what you're going to learn and what you're going to see as you read the Old Testament through the story, we're going to see that it's actually pointing to Him. We're going to go, oh, wow! I mean, that kind of looks like Jesus' story. Wow, doesn't Jesus do something like that later? And so He teaches them all this stuff. He says stuff like, "Hey, I'm found all throughout the Scripture." And then he raises the bar so high, everybody would have been in panic mode, even the religious elite. And he says, do not, everyone who hears these words, and puts them into practice, is like a, what's that word? Wise? It was the last verse. A wise man? Now, I've never met someone who said they didn't want to be wise. Have you? Hold on. I've met plenty of people who did not live wise. You ever met one of them? Yeah, meet them all the time. But Jesus says, no, there's something different about what I say. There's something different about my words. Like, if you listen to them and you actually do it, you are a wise person. Because Psalms 119 tells us, it says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my what? Path. You see, Jesus says something amazing I need you to see. Whoever puts them into practice means you're actually what? Doing it? Whoa, 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 I know, hold on. You mean I don't just gotta memorize it? Like, I'm good with memorizing scripture, you? But doing it? Wow, I mean, I don't know about that, Jesus. He's like, yeah, but don't you wanna be wise? You see, even the Psalms tell us God's word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, which means we're doing what? Moving we're going forward, we're applying it, we're putting it into practice, we're using it, and it'll illuminate our lives. And he says this, look. He said, therefore, any, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Listen, I can't stress this enough, and you already know it to be true. Storms are gonna happen in your lives. If you've ever thought that because you're a Christian, because you're following the Bible, that's, that storms aren't gonna happen, you've been misinformed. Sounds like a hurricane, does it, where houses are being blown apart? Jesus is saying they're going to happen in your life. The storms, the tragedies, the hardship are going to happen in your life, and they're not fun but the ones who build their lives on the foundation of his word will be able to withstand it, will be able to get through it, will come out on the other side stronger than ever. And that's one thing we have to understand. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your life's gonna get easier. In fact, there's a very good chance your life's gonna get harder. If you've ever, if you think following the Bible's easy, it's because you've never read it, amen? It's hard. It's hard. But Jesus says, yeah, but but you'll find out you're a lot wiser if you do. Which this scripture just reminds me and and just needs to teach us that God really is for us. Even though his word may seem hard, even though it may seem challenging, he's not against us. He is for us. And he's trying to teach us how to live a life to bring him glory. He's trying to teach us how to live our best life for him. And that's only by actually putting his words into practice. Look at this, verse 26. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish. How dare Jesus say that? I know, read your Bible. He says all sorts of crazy things. If you don't, well, let's just let him say it. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. So Jesus says, okay, the one who hears me and does it is wise. The one who hears me and doesn't do it is what? Foolish. You ever been a fool? According to Jesus, we all said amen. But at least you know it. And at least you understand. You see, you're not considered naive because a naive person doesn't know. But once you know and don't do it, you're now considered a what? What? I know, I I keep wanting to call yourself a fool. I'm just making sure we understand what's happening there. Jesus says we are a fool if we ignore what he says. And this not only applies to our personal life, but to the church. As a church, we have to take following God's word and leading through God's word very serious. And I know it's challenging, but that means we're gonna talk about things that are unpopular We're gonna stand on the side of the truth of God's word because we believe it's true. And we may have to say some things or do some things, not to be mean, but to stand on the foundations of God's word because I don't wanna be a fool. Do you? And it's amazing if we were to think about all the times we didn't listen to God or all the times our churches didn't listen to Jesus and we kind of did things our own way, we're surprised when they don't last. We're surprised when they fail. But why? He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. You see, shakeups, change, things are gonna happen in our personal lives and in our churches. And if they're built on the foundation of God's word, and when we encounter Jesus, they're going to withstand. But if they're not, what's going to happen? They're going to fall. They're going to crumble. And Jesus says, well, now that you know, you're a fool. If you don't follow what I say. You see, God's word is trying to guide you into a better life. You may have to readjust what a good life looks like. You may have to learn that generosity is a good thing. You may have to learn that love is important. You may have to understand that grace and forgiveness are non-negotiables. Sound easy? Try to apply it. But we believe it's his word that illuminates our life. You know, the writer of Hebrews tells us this, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double edged sword, and it penetrates even to dividing souls and spirits, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, God's word is alive and active. When you start to read it, when you start to use it, it becomes real and it changes you. See, the writer of Hebrews, there's a big debate about what the word of God is because we know we call this God's word, but who's also the word? Jesus, right? It doesn't have to be either or. Wouldn't you know that the scriptures and Jesus work together? And I believe that's what this is. The word of God is Jesus. The word of God is the scriptures. The whole point of the scriptures is to point us to whom? Right? I'll say that again. We got distracted. The whole point of scriptures is to point us to whom? Jesus. We have to understand that the Bible is not the goal. The goal is Jesus, The Bible points us to Jesus, but they work together. And he says, excuse me, he says that it's alive and active and it reaches the inner part of our being, meaning it judges our thoughts and our actions. And who likes that part? Yet none of us want to be judged by the Bible, our thoughts and actions, because we read it and we realize that, man, I'm gross. Like, according to the Bible, I'm a sinner. Who wants to be called a sinner? Nobody. They see God's word's challenging. It's supposed to be. And it judges us and it convicts us. It reaches to the inner parts of our lives. And that's where I want you to be convicted. When that happens, you have a choice. "Mm, I know what God's word says, but I don't want to do it. Oh, I know it's challenged me to do this, but I don't want to do it. We have a simple choice to be wise or a what? A fool. And that's something for 2019. I'm going to be wise, not a fool. God's word is our foundation because Jesus Christ is our foundation. And God's word will point us to him every time. So, in order to do that first, we've got to understand it, don't we? And it's hard. I promise you, I know it is. And so we're going to go on a journey together. We're going to learn it. We're going to start with the beginning. It says, in the beginning, excuse me, I'm re- I was quoting John. We're going to learn about in the beginning, God created. And that's where we want you to start. So here's the deal. If you did not get a story in your Sunday school because you, won, played hooky, we know who you are. Or two, you don't have one, that's okay. We have stories sitting up here. We have hundreds of them. Well, not right here, but we want each of you to grab a copy. Even if you're going to college this week, grab a copy. Even if you don't plan on coming back, grab a copy. And here's what we want to do together. We're doing this as a church, all of us together. We ask you to read one chapter every week. Each chapter is about 12 pages, and that's more than some of you've read ever. And it's okay. If you need to break it down into two pages a day, four pages you know, every other day, whatever you got to do, we're okay with it. Just read one chapter a week. And some of you aren't going to do that, and you're going to get behind, and then you're going to quit coming to church, and you're going to blame us. No. Even if you get behind, read one chapter a week. For 31 weeks, I mean, why not start your new year off by saying, hey, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to learn it this year. So I just ask you to do that. Your challenge is to read one, one a week. And then number two, attend one of our weekly Sunday worship services. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, I know. So am I. But I still make it every Sunday. Maybe you don't think it counts. I think it does. But come to church. Listen, you know that you're supposed to be at church or you wouldn't be here today. And and I know you're busy, and I know you're important. I know you got things to do, but I promise you, God is so much more important than you. And I want you to come worship him together with other people. And you're going to miss some Sundays, and I get that. But every week, I'm going to present the chapter. I'm going to preach from something in there. And so you read it, and then I'm going to preach about it. I don't know exactly what I'm going to preach about. We'll find out together that week. But there's a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm going to pick something from there, and I'm going to talk about it, and we're going to learn it. And so please, even if you miss a week, all of our sermons are found online. That means if you're in college, pick up a book. And I know you go to church when you're in college. Uh Uh-huh, we know you do. All right, you keep telling your parents that. But you can go on our website, and you can follow along with us. And so I've done this study before and and we had a lot of college kids who were off at college very far away and they stayed along with us. They listened to it every week. We want all of us to do this together. But then I ask you to also attend a Sunday school. You're like, whoa, whoa, I gotta come to church and I go to a Sunday. I know, it's it's challenging. But I don't want you to just go to a Sunday school and not come to church. You're missing something. And I know some of you do that, and I want to push back and say, no, don't do that. Come to church. It's an hour of your life. Be a part of it, but also go to Sunday school. And if you don't have a Sunday school class, guess what we did for you? We put a list of all the Sunday school classes in the weekly worship guide, and we want you to be a part of one. And it doesn't matter if you go to each of them and try it out. Every Sunday school teacher, here's the commitment we'll make for you. I'll make it for the teachers. If you show up one week and you don't like it, no one's going to hold it against you for going to a different class. And just be careful with the names. Some of them are deceiving, okay? (laughs) Young adults, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Sorry I had to pick on your group. But try it out. And if you don't like it, go to another class. We're okay. Go to a different class each week. We're okay with that. But it's in your Sunday school classes where some of your teachers will go into more detail. Some of your teachers have chosen to do a discussion-based where you're expected to read and then talk about it. Some of your teachers are going to get caught up in the weeds and the details. Probably Charlie's class, okay? <laughs> and who knows what they're going to talk about. But the point is, if you've read the Bible, if you've followed along, you'll be grounded and at least you've done that. And some of you have never read the Bible, and it's okay. It's not just you. It's all sorts of people who have never read the Bible. But we want to change that. And so read a chapter a week. Oh, okay. Come to church, and we know you're busy, but do it anyways. And if you, if you can't come every week, follow online. And then we want you to be a part of a Sunday school class to where you can go a little bit deeper. And every Sunday school class, we are, I promise you that the teachers won't care if you ask strange questions. I promise the teachers won't be afraid if you go, hey, I've never heard this before. That's okay. All of us are starting fresh and going on a journey together. So you're not expected to know everything before you go or we wouldn't be doing this study. Do we understand that? Because I know one of the fears is, why can't go to Sunday school class because I'm supposed to know everything? The only thing we ask you to do is read a chapter before you go and you'll know what they know. And you can follow it along together. So, Go to church, excuse me, read the story. Come to church, go to Sunday school. Like this isn't, this shouldn't be challenging. You know that, right? This is like standard stuff we're supposed to do every week, but New Year, we'll pretend we didn't know. And the fourth one, I want you to take the time each week to talk to your family about it. And this is important because some of us have never had a spiritual conversation with our kids. Some of us have never had a spiritual conversation with our spouses, because we're afraid. We don't want to act like we, we don't know a lot. Or maybe they're going to ask questions we don't know. See, the great thing for me is I led my wife to Christ. She didn't grow up in church. She asked, I didn't really, I went to church, but I promised I wasn't there most of my life. So we both ask crazy questions. And it's exciting. But I want you to ha- talk to your kids. I don't care if they're grown, call them. Like, you know what I read in Genesis? Whew. Like, what are you talking about? I live in Georgia. I'm not even, on, doesn't matter. Call them anyways. For your kids at home, I want you to talk to them about the Bible. I want you as parents to actually take it serious and start having conversations with your kids. Not because you know a lot, but because you're studying the same thing they're studying. And so don't go into it as the, I know more than you, but go into it, hey, do you know what I've read this week? Because in their Sunday school classes, they're all learning the same thing you are. And so you can talk to them about the flood. You, you know in Sunday school what your kids are learning. So you can talk to them what the youth are learning. And I want you, maybe for the first time, to actually have a spiritual, biblical conversation. And if you start doing it, it can change the landscape of your marriages, of how you raise your kids, and maybe, just maybe, your kids will come to you for advice. Because they know you're grounded in God's word. So I want you to do this as a family. And, and if you've never done it, I'm not coming down on you. I want to encourage you to start now. Because they should be reading it. Even if you say, hey, did you read this week? They're like, no. they be like, well, me neither. And Talk about how you didn't read. I'm okay with that. But just start talking about it. Not because you know everything. But because you're learning just like they're learning. So how this works is every this week, me and Jessica, Jessica and I, yeah, that's correct, Jessica and I, we're going to read chapter one of the story. She's going to read on her own, I'm going to read on my own, and then we're going to talk about it. Then, then my children, I'm going to talk to them about it. You know, the story for children, if your kids were in children's department or your youth, they got a copy of the book, read it with them. And then after church next Sunday, after we hear some amazing preaching, and after... <laughs> Sorry, shameless, that was bad. And after after we go to Sunday school, we're gonna talk about it. Hey, what'd you learn today? And my daughter says, I don't know. I'm like, what is Miss Pat teaching in there? I don't know what, she's always done that. I don't know, but guess who's gonna know? Me. Hey, hey baby girl, you learned about the Noah this week, didn't you? Oh yeah, daddy, I did. You see, I know what she learned, so I can talk to her about it. And we can discuss it. And how about that? We can start doing that. And that's what we're going to do as a family, and I want you to do it too. Because here's the point. I believe God's word will change your life because it's changed my life, and I've seen it change countless of other people as well. Not because we just know where verses are or we can memorize some things or we post things on Facebook to look super spiritual. No, no. But so we can actually do it, and and we can follow Jesus and we can live a wise life because we believe what Jesus says is true and we're gonna go ahead and do it together. And church, can you imagine if everybody in this room went out there and started reading the story, started reading the Bible and actually trying to do it every day? Could you imagine? People would look at you and be like, what's, what's different? What are you doing? I'm trying to follow the Bible. It's crazy. But it'd be a conversation starter. Hey, here's what I'm reading. I don't know anything about it, reading it for the first time and here's what I'm learning. We want you to live a life built on the foundation of God's word because here's what I know and you know it to be true too. The storms are coming. Tragedy's gonna happen. 2019 might be a roller coaster of a year for you. Who knows? But you will be able to withstand it if you build your life upon God's word and I want that for you. I want you to have a strong foundation And church, we're gonna be a church who takes God's word serious. We're gonna learn it and we're gonna live it and we're gonna unashamedly stand on it because we believe it has the power to teach us how to live a wise life and bring God glory in all that we do. And so now with that, I'm gonna pray for you, but then we're gonna come and we're gonna gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Let me pray for you, then I'll tell you about that. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just am so thankful for First Baptist Church. I'm so thankful that we're starting this new year off in your word. God, we know that you will honor this. We know you'll bless it. And as all of us think through this commitment, as we commit to taking your word serious, to taking, living it out serious, God, we know in advance that you're going to bless us for it. But we also know that tragedies and the hurricanes are coming. We know that as we take a step forward in faith to follow you, the enemy is real and will attack, but we know with our foundation built upon you, with the community we build through Sunday school, with the encouragement that we get each Sunday at church, we know we'll be able to withstand it. We know we'll be able to come out on the other side stronger than ever. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've chosen to reveal yourself to us through it. We love you and we thank you. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray, amen.